0: The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. time for the El Conservador radio show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to the show, my friends, on this August 26, 2023. The month of August is over. Uh, summer will be over officially at Labor Day, and uh, football season is here. In fact, the first football games are already going on uh, this past Friday, yesterday, as well as uh, some are happening today on Saturday, the high school football games. And I believe the colleges begin next week. Uh, that should be fun. It's, uh, I mean, time is moving along. But uh, unfortunately, we've got a lot of stuff that's going on. A lot of it not good. Some of it very good. But uh, we'll sort it out for you, my friends. Let us um, Let me uh, begin, first of all, uh, by telling you who our guests are on our show today, today. Um, We've got, first of all, Ms. Sheena Rodriguez with the Alliance for a Secure Border. Sheena's going to be talking to us, my friends. She's going to be explaining how the Biden administration is establishing uh, health clinics and detention centers in schools, in rural areas. She's going to specifically be talking about a, um, a, a center that was being put up or that is being Planned in Fredericksburg, Texas, which is a small town, a very famous little town, Admiral Nimitz's hometown, uh, just north of San Antonio. And my friends, if they're going to do it there, they're going to do it in other small communities. So you need to listen to what she's got to say. Uh, We also have um, Sheriff Brad Coe from uh, my good buddy from uh, Kenny County. He's going to be giving us an update of what is going on in the rural communities right now, close to the border or on the border. Uh, it appears like um, the uh, th- uh, a lot of the uh, movement of uh, illegal aliens crossing the river in those areas has kind of diminished a little bit. However, what is really happening now and revved up and, in my opinion, more dangerous are uh, car chases, vehicle chases. And uh, I've been involved. I've been caught up in a couple of them on my way down to the border. It's scary, my friends, because these people are just traveling at extreme rates, uh, extreme velocities, and the, and sometimes they just come at you. You have to really swerve out of the way to get out to get out of the way. It's crazy, my friends. Many of them also are young people, minors, that are driving these illegal aliens. Um, then we've got Mr. Um, Taylor Kramer, he is from the Rio Grande Valley down in McAllen area. He's going to be talking to us, my friends. You're going to want to hear this too, about um, the uh, nonprofits, the Catholic charities, and their role at the border. Uh, particularly, this woman named Sister Pimentel. Uh, she uh, is very, very well known down there. A political activist, uh, and uh, she claims she's a nun. I don't know. I'll let you decide. Uh, And uh, she uh, is very, very active In this, um, in, in, in helping Illegal aliens Our final guest is Mr. Mark Morgan Former commissioner of Customs and Border Protection under Trump. He's going to be giving us an update of what is happening in, in D.C. and across the country, What is what what uh, we need to do to address these these headaches, my friends. Obviously, we need a new administration. So, my friends, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Call your friends. Tell them that uh, to tune in. We'll also be posting the show as soon as it's over, and uh, you can listen to it afterwards. You can share the link. So, folks, without further ado, let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez. El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got my very, very good friend, Ms. Sheena Rodriguez, who is uh, president of uh, Alliance for a Safe Texas. And I wanted to get her on because, my friends, you're going to freak out over this uh, latest uh, issue that she's been working on. We hear so much about public safety in the schools, about safety in the schools from the liberals, my friends, from Democrats, from folks like Beto. And uh, the folks that are running against Ted Cruz, we hear a lot about uh, safety in the schools. Well, get this, my friends. There is an effort to put clinics that include mentally ill illegal aliens in our schools. So, Sheena, tell us what you have found out. Tell us about this outrage. Yes,
2: thank you so much once again, George, for bringing me onto the show. Uh, This is Vitally important you know with the lines for safe texas when people constantly ask me what can we do about this border crisis and how it's impacting us my number one response is become a watchdog over your local city councils your county commissioners and your school districts i've said this for nearly three years now and now here we are having this conversation um It was Bethany Blankley with the Center Square who uh, had this exclusive. I was called out there to uh, Fredericksburg ISD because they were attempting to put in, it was a Frontera clinic uh, that that was attempting to open inside of the schools um, to provide health care, pediatrics care. um, They'll be able to write prescriptions. Uh, run tests, things of that nature, in addition to mental health care counselors uh, under the fronthetic clinic as well. And it's important to note that this fronthetic clinic that's attempting to open this facility and or this, this clinic inside of the schools, they, they, they have uh, five, five to six different uh, clinics, standalone clinics. In, um, in the areas, in the surrounding areas, one in Fredericksburg, not too far from the schools. But this is different. This is not a standalone clinic. They're, they will be taking up school space to do this. And the frontetic Clinic that's attempting to open inside of the schools there in Fredericksburg and the surrounding areas like Mason ISD as well is also connected to the Methodist Healthcare Ministries of South Texas. Uh, they received uh, several different grants from the MHM uh, network which also actually has already two school-based clinics right there in San Antonio uh, so th- this is far-reaching and then I also just spoke to another woman uh, another concerned mother in my area in neighboring uh, I'm in Tarrant County she's in neighboring Denton County and Denton ISD they're attempting it's another uh, it's called a uh, PD uh, PD care. Um, something along those lines it's another pediatric clinic uh, that receiving hhs health and human services funding grants um, to open up these clinics inside of our schools. so you can imagine and your listeners can imagine th- this is going to cross over advocacy issues uh, like into parental rights but the main reason why they are saying that these clinics are necessary as in fredericksburg isd the uh, school social worker Said, and I quote: "This is we need these clinics so that the the large population of quote undocumented students uh, have access to health care and to mental mental health care."
1: Oh, you know, it, it is. It's like we do not have. It's like we don't have enough nuts going into schools and shooting them up. Now we're going to import them from out of out of the country and then put them in the schools. Am I hearing this correctly?
2: Yes, this is is lunacy in my opinion, uh, if I'm still allowed to have an opinion at its best. Uh, What about the burden to the taxpayers? This is obviously going to draw a magnet. When we talk about the incentivization right uh, in the interior that draws people and this is going to impact rural Texas the most I believe that that's going to be their target Texas Tribune wrote an article back in April of this year uh, where they mentioned exactly this that this was their plan uh, to, to put into place school based clinics meaning inside of the schools um, where where you don't even have to worry about taking off time from work we drop off or you just drop off your children and we'll take care of everything if there's sick, we'll take care of them. We'll run the test. We'll, we'll, we'll do the vaccines. We'll do all of these things. We will take care of them and you can just continue living your life, your daily business and work. You know, I, I, I remember not too long ago, George, where we shut down, they shut down our schools. They shut down our schools for this pandemic, suppose a pandemic that, that children were at, at an almost 0% risk of, 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 serious illness uh in response to but yet we're going to allow unaccompanied incentivize unaccompanied minors and the children of illegal aliens that are coming over to drop off their sick children at our schools at our taxpayer expense with real concerning communicable diseases that we know of this is verifiable people can verify and check it known cases of tuberculosis being untreated and several other serious communicable diseases that they are finding is immune to treatment so this is very concerning for so many issues uh, from taxes to parental consents to the drawing of of, of these illegal aliens and unaccompanied minors uh, to our most rural communities that are already strapped uh, for resources.
1: This is this is in- insanity. This is absolute insanity. Now, I'm very curious. Uh, what was the Fredericksburg ISD uh, school board? What was the school board saying about this?
2: So they are all for it. At the time when I was there and I received a phone call, um, I, they, they were also uh, implementing another local nonprofit, uh, what I consider it is considered an NGO. Um, that's going to be uh, also putting social workers into the school district, um, that's going to be helping to provide for things such as, you know, if the children need shoes, clothes, um, you know, (laughs) help paying for rent, things of this nature. In Fredericksburg, Texas, you know, I I don't know that I don't know about you, George, but look, my husband and I, my husband works two jobs. He has for almost 20 years that we've been married. Um, We are your typical middle class American, hardworking Americans, right? We can't afford a shack on an eighth of an acre in Fredericksburg, Texas. That's just the reality. Really? But yet you're telling me that fresh illegal aliens coming over the border can somehow afford to live in the Texas hell country and one of the most (laughs) expensive areas of the Texas hell country. And why is that? This is the other issue. Um, I listened into the city council from just a few months ago where the city of Fredericksburg is now um, putting in affordable housing uh, and entertaining affordable housing. Again, this is, so you're talking habitat for humanity, um, things of that, that, that nature. Why is that being brought into the community? Yes, housing is an issue across the state of Texas, affordable housing is, which is why another reason why we say we can't afford. We can't afford millions to absorb millions more. Uh, we, we simply can't, even from the, the tax you know, standpoint. So when you bring in affordable housing and then you bring in socialistic-type programs like free health care, free mental health care inside of the schools, not outside, inside, um, this is all a magnet, and you have to ask yourself why. It's very concerning, and people who may not traditionally, especially those moms, who traditionally their 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 realm of advocacy is education is and is in our schools uh it's a it's it's a my goodness such an important issue to battle for and they're on the front lines they need to know this is coming and they need to know what they're looking at uh, and, and we will have resources up on our website soon I will be writing another sub stack um, with, with uh, question, questions that they can ask their school boards to hold their elected officials accountable because this is the place to stop it is right there in your school boards stop it hard stop we don't want this.
1: Wow and that's amazing you know what, what's interesting to me Uh, And maybe, you know, the answer to this is that um, my understanding was that there was a very strong grassroots tea party in the Fredericksburg area. Um, Haven't they said anything about this situation or is it under the radar for them? Mm
2: -hmm. They're alerted now. Now, they, they have been uh, in the fight. There was another program that they were trying to install uh, called CIS. I couldn't remember off the top of my head what that stands for. But essentially the same the same type of thing where they were attempting to put these these uh, socialistic type programs into the schools. They essentially were successful in running them off. Now, months later, they are attempting to put this uh, under a new guise. Um, and under, honestly, giving them a guilt trip. Um, if you listen to if, if they can go, people can go to uh, the Center Square uh, article um, on this situation and they can click on the link to hear the social worker saying, well, you know, we have a large population of undocumented students and we want to make sure that they have access to health care. It is the typical guilt trip you know if if you don't do this you're racist and exactly. you're just you're just a bigot and you don't care about the kids That's so exactly. they are trying to fend it off uh pretty successfully and hopefully at the end of this month when this is supposed to be on the uh, school board agenda again um hopefully we can stop it
1: oh my gosh i hope so you know folks <clears throat> once again we have been speaking uh on this show a lot about the uh second phase of the of the of the border crisis which is Besides them crossing the border, what are they doing in your neighborhood? And here is a classic example of what is going to happen in your neighborhood if you if you let them. It's not just in New York, where they are landing and uh, creating problems. It's in the small community of Fredericksburg now. Excellent.
2: And and all over Texas, people need to be aware and get engaged, active involved. They don't have to even leave their own their own cities get
1: involved right there and become a watchdog because it's coming yep uh sheena thank you so much for alerting us you're like paul revere running through the through the countryside the, the illegal aliens are coming the illegal aliens are coming
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much george it's always a pleasure thank you
1: once again my friends who've been speaking with my very good friend miss sheena rodriguez from the um from the Uh, alliance uh, for safe texas and she's out there trying to make texas safe for us sheila have a good one and we'll talk to you again soon thank you howdy 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 once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio and we've got uh, my very good friend sheriff brad Coe from kenny county texas and uh, i wanted to get him on because we haven't had him uh, as a guest uh in uh several weeks and i wanted to get him to give us a, 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 a to catch us up on what is going on in his neck of the woods uh which is right there on the border uh just west of uh of san antonio and um give us a an update so sheriff coat thank you very much for taking time to be with us welcome to the show
3: well, George, thanks for having me on again. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Well, let's uh, give us an update. What is going on? Because we have heard that uh, that the Biden administration has been saying that uh, things have slowed down because they've got an effective program or whatever. I'm not sure. What's going on?
3: Well, well, it had not slowed down in my neck of the woods. If anything, uh, our, our, our basically our arrest numbers are down, but our pursuit vehicles are our, our pursuit. Apprehensions through the roof. Uh, all of last year, we did we were involved in almost 140 pursuits, which is way above normal, which no agency should ever have to put up with. But so, since January one to August first, we've been in almost 160 just in that eight, in that seven month period. So they're they're starting to run, they're starting to go through more fences. Uh, they're tearing up property left and right. They've even got it down to the point where they know which gate to, to run through to pick up the next ranch road to get to the other highway. So they're, they're incorporating a bunch of this technology into their system with Google Earth, the uh, pin drops on the phone, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, it's got to the point where uh, we were looking for one vehicle that we knew went through a fence somewhere. We get to the hole of the fence, we get it, and it's a completely different vehicle. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I weren't coming across that more and more often. They're getting spooked easier, so they run. Uh, we had a helicopter flying the other day. We were route to one thing. and spotted a vehicle that had been in the brush for about two weeks that we had lost earlier. So the, the numbers like the Biden administration is talking about, because they're not talking about illegal apprehensions, they're talking. No, I'm sorry. They're just talking about the illegal apprehensions, other than the ones that are going through the ports of entry. The ones that come through the ports of entry are getting the same treatment that the ones that are crossing illegally. They're getting processed. They're getting put on a bus to destination wherever. So, they're just they're just moving the numbers around. Yeah. Is all they're doing.
1: Now, let me ask you about the um, the these vehicles, these pursuits. Um, there was uh, a couple of incidents that we had talked about previously where there were teenagers that uh, were involved in this uh, in in, in uh, vehicle pursuit. Uh, is that still the case, or is it just whomever? I mean, whoever wants to make some money is coming in and doing it.
3: It's a little bit of both. We're still catching some that are very, very young. Uh, we had one a couple of weeks ago that was 16. Uh, we're still seeing the primary age gap, age group, is between 18 and 25. Wow. But we're starting to see more and more out-of-staters. Uh, last night, we had one from uh, California. She was up from the, the San Francisco area, and we encountered a, a group from New York. They hadn't picked up yet, but they were in our area.
1: Oh, my god!
3: And we're, and we're starting to see uh, more and more Cubans in our area for some reason. We know they're up to no good. We just haven't caught them yet, but we're starting to see a lot of Cubans in our area.
1: Wow. Wow. Now, when you pick up, <clears throat> when you arrest these um uh, these people in, after the pursuit what happens what happens with the illegal aliens what happens first of all with the driver with the, with the smuggler and what happens with the um, w- with the illegal aliens that they were smuggling
3: well the smuggler themselves when we catch them they'll, they'll be charged with human smuggling evading arrest with a motor vehicle and we file charges for criminal trust, not criminal trespass but criminal uh, mischief because that is also a felony because it's an agricultural setting now, if they get out and run on foot, then we'll go after them for evading on foot. And the same thing with the illegal aliens. If they scatter, like the Covey Quail, uh, we charge them when we catch them. We charge them with uh, criminal trespass and evading on foot.
1: Wow. <laughs> now, um, again, for folks that don't know, Kenny County is a rural county with a small population. Uh, are, are you getting support and help from other Uh, jurisdictions from other counties, from other states even? Uh, Yeah. Right now, just in in Guinea,
3: Canada, Uh, of course, we have the DPS there full-time. We've got Florida troopers. We've we've got a couple of uh, deputy sheriffs from uh, Wyoming that have come down to help. Helping my office. I've still got Galveston. Uh, Bayou Vista is lending a hand from over in the Galveston area. Uh, I just had made contact with uh, one of the uh, Constable for Tarrant County, he's going to start coming down here in a couple months, along with Liberty County, League City, and a few others. Wow. So yes, we're getting we're getting some backup.
1: Needless to say, though, if that wasn't the case, uh, I mean, you probably if you only had just the money and the manpower to depend that 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 you normally have, the budget that you normally have, uh, the manpower that you you'd be, I mean, it it would be gone by now, wouldn't it?
3: Oh, definitely so. I mean, of course, we've got a very small budget because we're a very small county. But there's no way I could keep up with uh, what's going on—the vehicle repairs, the fuel, the overtime. There's just no way we would just, we'd be a lost cause. We would we would be pretty much overwhelmed, and we wouldn't be able to do anything. Gotcha.
1: Now, uh, I know that uh, you were a uh, in your previous life before a sheriff, you were uh, a border patrol agent. Were you? Did, did you ever see? This, uh, this situation, this t- kind of situation, or this situation as bad it is now, well,
3: uh, in in the past we'd see upticks during presidential and congressional uh, elections because there was always a thought, well, there's going to be blanket amnesty. But in this, since we're in Centurion right now, it's never lasted it'd been this bad for this long. So uh, I don't know what we're going to do with the next 18 months, two years, if. We can't get the help and get things under control now. How are we going to do it later on?
1: Yeah, that's very, very true. I'm very, very interested in finding out what they're going to do with all of the ones that they've paroled in, that they have uh, <coughs> allowed to come in, that are scattering out throughout the uh, the country. What are they going to do with all those folks?
3: <laughs> well, they've been let in. They've been unvetted. They should just go wherever they want to go. Right. But as we've seen on the news, now all of a sudden New York City thinks it's a crisis. The northern part of the country start to say, "Well, we we can't handle this," but here along this southern border, we're supposed to. That's that's one of the things that really gets me. Uh, let me give you an example. Of what happened the other day? Um, our good friend uh, Colonel West came to visit for a week, and the first day, the first half of the day, nothing was happening. I mean, it was nice and quiet. And I didn't know whether he had, I didn't know whether he had jinxed us or he was the savior. But around three o'clock, just before school was out we have a pursuit coming into town from the south we have a pursuit coming in from the west both at the same time oh my gosh uh, we get those stopped we get that under control we end up arresting uh, I think it was 17 aliens and one driver uh, we had an eight, a stolen 18-wheeler come through town had to handle that and then we had a tractor report stolen off of a ranch all within a, a three hour period wow so it went from zero to a hundred in a split second <laughs> and the current the Colonel, I mean, boy, I mean, he, he jumped in there and lend, lend us a hand. He drove the transport vehicle for us so we could get everybody loaded up and get them back to where they need to be for processing. Uh, when the guys were uh, getting all that, to take care of, he was refueling our vehicles for us. He was there to lend a hand and he did. He made a, he made a great hand.
1: That is fantastic. That is really, really great. The, uh, the, the situation with, uh, with damaged property and, and, stolen vehicles, uh, the, uh, uh, is there any is there any inkling that uh, somebody's going to pay for that? That uh, you know that the government, federal government, who is responsible for this whole mess, is going to ever take care of that?
3: Well, the, the, under this current administration, the, the federal government won't admit anything being wrong, so they're not going to pay for anything. <laughs> the, gov- uh, the governor, has, I think, has taken steps to set up a program. I think I want to say going to start working October first i have to go back in and, and read the whole thing where the ranchers can be compensated for their loss through the state.
1: Excellent. Well, that's good. Well, buddy, we're going to let you go, but uh, anything else that you'd like to share with us before we let you go?
2: No,
3: other than the fact that uh, outlets like yourselves, uh, the public gets to hear firsthand what's going on. Uh you've been very, very supportive of us here in Kenny County. We thank you very much. Uh, and everybody that you that you're reaching out to that can hear this, please, please, please keep us in your prayers. You got
1: it, buddy. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking <clears throat> with our very good friend Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County, Texas. Sheriff,
3: stay safe and keep up the good work. You too, best keep your head down. Got it.
1: Once again, George Rodriguez talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, Mr. Taylor Kramer and uh he's been on our show before he is uh writer reporter for Rio Grande Valley Truth and uh I want to get him on because he has been uh researching investigating exposing whichever word you want to use uh how the nonprofit profit organizations are working at the border and um now, this is at the border using taxpayer money, righty, right? Let's understand that. This is not charity organization, a charity organization that gets money uh, from uh, uh, folks voluntarily. This is money coming from contracts with the federal government. And the federal government, when it asks for your money, doesn't exactly ask it in a charitable manner. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thank you for taking time to be with us.
4: Oh, well, thanks for having me.
1: Tell us, tell us about what you've been uh, researching, investigating, and writing about.
4: So you know, um, when I first uh, got involved um, down here and I started looking into Catholic charities, I just kind of go there and 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 just see what was going on. Take a little video. <clears throat> right off the bat, you could just you could just tell the employees were were not receptive at all, even just for regular interviews, anything like that. You know, you always felt like you had eyes on you. It just it doesn't feel right. There is a very weird, just about anybody who's been there, there's a very weird energy around that place. And, um, you know, the, most of the research I do is, is what I see in front of me, what, what I've seen from Catholic Charities. But, you know, if you, if you dig further back, it's, it's really interesting how this organization is set up. We're seeing this everywhere. Um, you know, NGOs do the dirty work the government, uh, you know, doesn't want to be liable for.
1: And that's very, very interesting because here in San Antonio, we're we've got the same situation at the migrant center, which is also run by Catholic charities. And sure. uh, the unusual thing here in San Antonio is that there is an ordinance. Get this: an ordinance that prohibits uh, the um, the nonprofit from uh, showing its books to the public. How about that? Um, yes, yeah, very convenient. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what? How are they getting the money, and uh, how are they? Uh, what what is their role with the uh, illegal aliens?
4: Well, what's what's funny is if you look more and more into it, especially with just Catholic charities of the RGB, um to even how they started was uh, they they got help from the city of McAllen. City of McAllen will kind of grease the wheels here and there. Um, they try to keep their name out of it, but you know it is. The government is getting involved, whether it's local, state, or federal. The government is always kind of pushing things in, in Catholic Charities' direction. So, um, you know, everybody knows about Sister Norma. They call her the nun down here. Tell,
1: tell people about that, yeah, about her, because so, a lot of people don't know her.
4: Okay, so yeah, down here she's very, very famous. But um, So Sister Norma Pimentel is, is basically the face or spokesperson for Catholic Charities. She deals with politicians. You can say her job is very much, you know, a political position for the Catholic Church, and and the reason you could say that is because when is she in the newspaper? When are you seeing her picture? It's only when there's a caravan coming through. It's only when there's some sort of immigration policy change or something like that, that you hear her name. It's never, oh, well, you know, we're we're feeding the homeless today or this or that. No, it's always about immigration. So and, that's kind of the first thing that kind of throws up the red flag.
1: And, and, uh, and she is, uh, well, she is a nun. But she is uh, of this uh, mindset of, um, uh, what do they call it, uh, um, revolutionary religion or religious revolution or something of the nature, right?
4: Uh, co-opting your regular, you know, Christian valleys to make them more uh, susceptible to globalism uh-huh. and to push you around. Yeah, we're seeing that in churches everywhere. It's, you know, communist Marxist
1: infiltration plan. They've been rolling this out for how many decades? That's amazing. That's amazing. So... Uh when the the local government, uh you said that uh, the city of McCallan uh got involved in Greece, the wheels. Uh are they uh Democrat uh run? I mean is it a predominantly Democrat party run uh city government? Um so Mayor Villalobos got elected and he used to actually
4: be heavily involved in the Hidalgo County GOP, but Um, you know, globalism knows no sides. Globalism just takes it all because, you know, however that happens. Um, so there was, you know, hope when Villalobos got elected that things would kind of swing the other way, but you know, I, um, he seems like he's been kind of playing the middle and it seems like mainly he's just focusing on nonpartisan issues. So, um, he hasn't really politicized a lot of it when he first got in, he did a little bit, but he's kind of, you know, hasn't been, um, He's been riding the fence on it, I'd say. Um, so in 2014, um, the Sacred Heart Church, which was downtown, with the help of, of the city of McAllen, uh, started the respite center because right across the street was, uh, the, the Greyhound bus station. So what happens is, uh, Border Patrol would get illegal aliens in, asylum seekers, whatever, and they would, uh, Process them and the ones that were being released, they'd take them to the bus station and they would just kind of be stuck there at the bus station. So, uh, they, they turned the, uh, one of the Sacred Heart, um, properties into the respite center. So that's been basically the modern nexus of RGV charities or RGV, uh, Catholic charities. Um, but what's really interesting, the, the, the relationship between Border Patrol and Sister Norma is just like, it, it, it really set, it sends off some red flags because, uh, you know, there was a, a documentary a while back that Notre Dame did with uh, Sister Norma. And they had uh, Manuel Adela Jr., who was the chief Border Patrol agent. And that's not sector chief. That's chief Border Patrol agent uh, for, for all of Customs Border Patrol. Um, and he said that one of the most important things about Sister Norma is the way she lives her faith without Sister Norma and community engagement, our mission of border security would be a very difficult mission to achieve. So what does that mean? And what exactly do they mean by border security? Because border security, as far as I'm concerned, is keeping people out, not letting people in. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, recently, if you go to Sister Norma's Twitter, it's it's something else. Um, They gave her a plaque uh, for uh, Women's History Month uh they're always doing stuff with her they're always you know taking pictures you know pumping her up is the greatest thing ever uh she's always being you know from from county to state level she's being given awards all the time it's someone that they want to keep painting into a good light you you can tell that so what exactly why does border patrol love sister norma so much what is border patrol's real mission then
1: well, I would hope that the border patrol's real mission is to is to keep people out.
4: Well, you know they need this respite center to uh, you know have their mission of border security. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a very confusing statement, and I, it keeps a lot of people wondering.
1: Yeah. So, uh, bottom line to Sister Pimentel's uh, uh, Sister Norma Pimentel's uh, role there is uh, she is facilitating. She is helping to facilitate. Uh, illegal immigration and the uh, movement of people of illegal aliens into the country, correct?
4: Absolutely. So, you know, without these NGOs, the, the government legally could not do what they're doing. Um, that's what NGOs have always done. And when you see government entities constantly awarding and patting NGOs on the back, those are the ones you need to look out for. So, there is absolutely a plan from government to NGO that's all being you know run through now, uh, it's, it's very obvious
1: now l- let's let's look at this <clears throat> issue historically um, mm-hmm. people that arrived at Ellis Island to my knowledge they did not have any NGOs meeting them they had might have had some churches uh, mm-hmm. that worked with them <clears throat> but uh, to my knowledge nobody was getting government contracts to uh, facilitate the uh the movement of of uh, immigrants and then on top of that these immigrants were landing at a port of entry uh and being processed unlike these folks that are crossing the river that we that are not being vetted and we don't even know who they are
4: no we don't and uh they just they, they like to conflate everything uh, you know, nothing is a uh, black and white fact. Everything is a gray area now. Oh, they're asylum seekers. Well, they illegally cross the border. That's not how you seek asylum. What, what a lot of people don't understand is that if you are to seek asylum, the way to do it is through the consulate in your home country or through a port of entry. That is how you seek asylum. Any other way is illegal entry to the country and you should be kicked out for that. You cannot reward that behavior.
1: Ah, very good. Well, that's a great phrase to use you can't reward that behavior or bad behavior excellent
4: absolutely um uh, but you know these people always hide behind the cross so it, it, it's very easy for them to deflect because as soon as you try to point the finger at them they just go oh we're you know we're we're, we're just doing what jesus would have done or you know they, they as soon as they put out a, a bible verse then it seems to quell everything i mean there's another ngo in mexico called amigos del terrain and they are loading toddlers onto open freight cars on you know open coal box cars, and quoting the Bible saying they're doing the Lord's work. This is, you know, this is a very old trick used by NGOs. Have the veil of, you know, religion or compassion, and, you know, do whatever the government paid you to do.
1: Oh, disgusting. Absolutely. And then they accuse you of being non-Christian. That's the whole whole
4: thing. Holier than thou. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: Uh, Taylor, we're going to let you go. Thank you very, very much for being with us today. Uh, We've been talking to Taylor Kramer, uh, with uh, RGV Truth uh, The Rio Grande Valley Truth uh, tell, tell the folks where they can find you
4: um, So it's RGV Truth That's all one word And that's on all social media I would be updating mostly on Rumble YouTube And uh, Facebook and Twitter
1: Excellent Once again my friends You're hearing the truth, the facts Which you're not going to hear elsewhere Especially in the mainstream media George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Thank you, Taylor, for joining us today. Thank you. Howdy, howdy, howdy! Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, and uh, we've got our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, the uh, former Customs and Border Protection uh, director and uh, or commissioner, should I say? And I wanted to get him on because he was on a, on a recent uh, program, uh, and. Uh, he talked about uh, the resources that are that are just not enough to stop this border crisis that we've got, and on top of that, we've got uh, there was an a, a, an article that uh, something like 10,000 Mauritanians are moving in our direction from uh, Africa sometime soon. Uh, Mark, thank you very much for taking time as usual. Uh, welcome of to course, the show, George. my man. Thanks,
5: George. Always always be a pleasure to be on with you.
1: Uh, tell us what um i mean uh, the biden administration is getting ready to sell off uh the uh, the wall <laughs> or or should we say the the resource of the the what was the the uh the building materials for the wall uh and at the same time um they seem to continue to brag that they've got uh, the the uh, border under control
5: yeah look in in this latest you know, action by selling off the, the, the raw materials and in some cases panels that were already constructed, ready to put in. This is purely political. And here's why I say this, towards for your listeners. Just take a few minutes and, and, and just research, Google real quick, the 2006 Secure Fence Act. That's very important because that act, as it, the name suggests, was passed in 2006 and had 80% bipartisan support in the Senate. And then Senators Biden, Schumer, Uh, Obama, Clinton, they all voted for the 2000 Secure Fence Act which in part, guess what the 2000 Secure Fence Act mandated? That DHS had to build 634 miles of wall along our southwest border and that's exactly what was done including up to and through the first two years of the Obama administration but now President Trump comes in and he wants to continue to build a wall that was enacted and 634 miles had already been built and they want to attack President Trump as this somehow is immoral and ineffective. It's it's hypocrisy, and it's politics at its worst. At the end of the day, any border tool agent that's been on the front line of our nation's border for five minutes, and you know this too, George, you've seen it, you've talked to border tool agents, it's an integral part of the multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, and personnel. And anywhere along the southwest border, in strategic locations, where that multi-layer strategy of infrastructure, technology, and personnel have been laid down, every single measure of success improves. Fewer drugs are getting across, fewer criminals are getting across, and fewer potential national security threats are going across. And so it's just outrageous to me. And that's why I say it's political, it's reckless, and it's actually making our border less secure. And that's why also I don't hesitate to say that when we have a migrant die or when we have an an American citizen that dies in this country, either at the hands of an illegal alien or drugs, I put that individual's death on this administration's hands because they are the ones that have completely dismantled every effective tool, authority, and policy we had in place.
1: I mean, if anything shows their willful disregard for uh, our, our safety, for our safety as Americans, uh, as citizens it's uh not putting i mean removing the wall as well as completely uh opening up the border by having border patrol agents and other folks just uh kind of just play walmart greeters
5: that's exactly right i mean not only did they dismantle uh, again that, that multi strategy one of the key elements uh, to that strategy is the infrastructure but keep in mind george i know you know this but just for your listeners when they stop building the wall guess what else they stop building they stop Im- implementing state-of-the-art fiber optics technology they stop imp- implementing uh, surveillance equipment and lighting to make it safer for border control agents to operate they stop uh, implementing access roads which makes their response time more efficient and more effective to stop dangerous people and dangerous things from coming in it's a disaster and yet they want to claim that what they're doing is effective. Right now, the first 30 months of this administration, there's been 1.6 million known godaways. Yet this secretary wants to say our board is secure. He's a liar. It's absolutely not true. And he knows it's not true. And he knows it's his policies that are jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's safety and national security as they continue to lie to the American people.
1: <laughs> you know, the uh, the other thing, and this is something that I know you're pretty familiar with since you were a A police officer in that area. But Los Angeles yesterday, the mayor of Los Angeles had a uh, press conference condemning uh, the governor of Texas for busing illegal aliens uh, to uh, to Los Angeles. Um, Isn't Los Angeles a sanctuary community?
5: Exactly. So let's keep in mind a couple of things, George. I'm glad you brought this up. First of all, the Biden administration has been funneling countless illegal aliens to sanctuary cities for the past 30 months. They're just doing it under the cover of darkness and they're using a Ponzi scheme to do it. Right. So they're funneling it off from FEMA, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars that should be going to American citizens after the aftermath of a a natural disaster, like maybe the fires in, in, in Maui. Um, But but yet they're funding all this money to get to non-governmental organizations who are then using the money to fly illegal aliens to sanctuary cities, which is exactly where they want to go. Governor Abbott, all he's doing is facilitating where these illegal aliens want to go. He's not forcing them. They're not being forced to get on those buses. They're actually saying, I want to go to Chicago. I want to go to New York. I want to go to Los Angeles because, as you said, they're sanctuary cities because they know once they get there, even though they're here in the country illegally, they are going to be treated like American citizens. That's why they want to go there. It's a joke. It's hypocrisy. And I think more Americans are starting to wake up to it.
1: Well, and the other thing is um, that uh, some of these mayors, uh, or communities are reacting very negatively to it. In uh, Staten Island, for example, uh, they um, they are having huge protests about yep. migrants being placed in uh, public schools.
5: Yep, and and think about this so, though. Let's let really pay attention to what they're asking for when they quote are protesting. If I would, they would have credibility, and I would be on board with them if they would say president biden you've got to reverse course in your open border policies you <laughs> must secure the borders right number two then they would then then i i would be on board with them and they would encourage If they would say new york we must stop our sanctuary policies right so we know they're not doing either of those what they're doing as they're complaining and protesting <laughs> they're just asking for more money exactly right? so Right. So so rather rather than rather than take the funding to address the crisis, at the front end, they're just asking for more money to, to manage the crisis after we've already let it in the United States. It's absurd. That's not a strategy. Let's take that money and funding and actually prevent and stop the crisis from entering the United States in the first place. If I hear a Democrat say that, then they're going to have my uh, then they're going to have my vote.
1: <laughs> but, but they just don't seem to say that. They just seem to be asking right. for more money constantly.
5: That's it. That's exactly right, and that's not going to solve the crisis. We know that. That's just going to continue to incentivize. If they know that once they come here illegally, they're going to be flown at U.S. taxpayers' expense to one of a dozen sanctuary cities, and then once they get there, they're going to get incredible accommodations. Common sense is going to tell you they're not going to. They're going to continue to come. This isn't how you stem the flow of illegal immigration and get resources back on the line to secure our borders.
1: Yeah, there was a um, there was a Venezuelan. Um, uh, illegal alien that uh, was reported in the paper uh, in the New York Post yesterday that uh, was thanking Biden for the accommodations, that he was just so happy that he was in a in a five star hotel and just asking, just uh, thanking him for the for the accommodations. I mean, that hardly seems like a deterrent for people to come to the United States. (laughs)
5: <laughs> exactly, and George, and, and you know this too. But again, for, for anyone listening, here's part of the problem. First of all, what's going out at the borders? What we're talking about is not immigration. That is separate. That is a separate issue that we continue to have a debate and philosophical discussions about. What we're talking about border security, and one of the major ways why our border is insecure and unsecure is because of illegal immigration. But they have removed the term illegal exactly. from the from the discussion, right? And so, if you're against what's happening at the Southwest border, you're against immigration. Of course, if you're against immigration, you don't like brown people and you're a racist. That's not what this is about. This, Right? This isn't about lawful immigration. This is about illegal immigration. And this is about this administration that has opened the door, reinstated checks and release, rather than detaining people that they should be so we can properly vet them and get them through the immigration proceeding. We know that 90% of them are filing fraudulent claims. They're economic migrants and should not be allowed in the United States. Yet this administration is releasing them. There is no vetting. Uh, we know their, their court dates are six years out. Uh, and they're never going to be heard from again, and they're never going to be deported. And then they feign why they have no idea why we have millions and millions of illegal aliens come to our borders.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Ah, it just—it's very, very infuriating. Let me ask you one last question, uh, sure. buddy. The uh, the enforcement of uh, of any type of, of uh, immigration uh, against illegals, for example, deportation—that's yep. the main one. Do you think that will ever happen uh, again? Because, I mean, what are we going to do with all these millions of people that have come in since uh, this uh, administration took over? Well, before this administration. I mean, it's been going on since the Obama years. But what are we going to do with all of these folks?
5: Yeah, so that's a good question. One is the only way that we're going to have a chance of securing our nation's border and reducing the the the, the jeopardy to our nation's safety and security is we've got to get a Republican in the White House that actually understands that border security is national security. A president that's going to give the resources and policies that allow the men and women on the front lines of our nation's border to actually enforce the law, to stem the flow of illegal immigration so they can get back on the front line to prevent more criminals, uh, drugs, and potential national security threats from coming in, number one. And then number two, As far as the illegal aliens that have already been released, the millions under this administration, how do we deport them? I'm not trying to be facetious or flip here, but one at a time. Yeah, Uh, I mean, really. Right. I I mean, we we can't let the fact that this administration has devastated our borders and let millions of illegal aliens in as an excuse to throw up our hands and say we can't do anything about it. We can't. It's going to take a whole of government approach. It's going to take a commitment. It's going to take allow them to actually enforce the law. It's going to take some resources and we're just going to start doing it. Obviously, we'll start prioritizing with the most violent criminals and work our way down. But we can do it.
1: Yep. You got it, buddy. We've been talking with our good friend Mr. Mark Morgan, the uh, former uh, Customs and Border Protection uh, Commissioner. Thank you very much, as usual, Mark. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be talking to you to uh, get you on again sometime soon.
5: Absolutely, thanks, George.
1: Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio once again my friends thank you very very much for joining us today i want to give a big shout out to the uh folks or to our guests today miss sheena rodriguez with the alliance for secure for a secure border uh my very good friend sheriff brad Coe from kenny county uh and uh taylor kramer down down in the rio grande valley who brought us some information that is very very impor- important for us to. and of course my good my good buddy mark morgan the former commissioner for for customs and border protection under trump i want to thank them all for being on our show and uh, sharing their information with us my friends please uh tell folks to join us the purpose of our program my friends is to bring the issue the issues of the border crisis into your house so that you will understand what is happening and uh my friends please understand that the border crisis is not staying at the border, it's coming to your backyard. It is going to be happening in your... All you have to do is look around and see what's happening in New York City, in the New York City suburbs, what's happening in Chicago and the Chicago suburbs, what is happening in Washington, D.C. and the D.C. suburbs. My friends, all of these liberals that were, very, that were talking not too long ago about sanctuary communities, about defending the, the rights of immigrants, guess what? Now, all of a sudden, they want to pull uh, the drawbridge closed, and uh, not uh, they're not as welcoming of these illegal aliens as they should. And that's what they are, my friends. The uh, uh, Biden administration is playing games with us. They claim that there are asylum seekers and that they are being protected in the United States. They're all illegal aliens, and everything that Biden is doing is undermining law and order. That's all he is doing, my friends. We need to understand that. So... Thank you for, for joining us today. If you're interested in supporting El Conservador, please go to social media, to our uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can also email me. You can uh, contact me through the radio station. Uh, we need your support, my friends. We need to tell the truth. We need for people to hear us. We need to have our voice out there because the mainstream media is not telling you what they what, what uh, is inconvenient for them to say. We are telling you the truth. We are telling you the facts. And, uh, my friends, things could get a whole lot worse if we're not careful. We need to understand what is happening. We need to fight the battle for freedom and liberty. We need to fight the battle for America first. That's what we need to do. So, thank you for joining us today. Join us again next week, Saturday, 2 o'clock Central, KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer, and you will get more information. We will tell you more about what is happening at the border crisis. Thank you once again. George Rodriguez, El Conservador.